the like three hours before we were supposed to record, he got fucking Instagram nuked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I didn't even think about that. Fuck. Jared. Yeah, dude. And we fucking like laughed or like, we were like, well, at least we have our uh, subject to start on before we like spiral out of control. So, you know, maybe we're just bad luck. Maybe we should start warning people. Yeah, you, you got two two of the biggest Instagram accounts banned. I mean, two of the biggest libertarian Instagram accounts banned. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to episode number 30 of Biting the Bullet. I'm joined with my two co-hosts, Jared and Typo, as always, and we have a very special guest. He was supposed to be on episode 29. We got him back for episode 30 because China decided to firebomb my computer and corrupted the file originally. But we have John from Still Too Savage for Statists. Um, he's a big Instagram libertarian guy, uh, a lot of followers. He sadly just got firebombed from Instagram. So go follow his backup. Still too savage for status. And we'll, uh, also tag it in the show. John, welcome to biting the bullet again. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. <laughs> yeah, no problem, man. Uh, like I said, the first time we recorded this, it was awesome. We had a really good time and you gave us a lot of knowledge. So hopefully we do the first one justice and give everybody a little bit of what's going on in Hong Kong. Um, typo, Jerry, do you guys have anything that you guys want to say before we get into this? Nah, man, let's just push into it. Nope. Let's just go. All right, cool. So uh, what I originally wanted to start with and how we kind of started last time was a brief description of you and, um, why you went to Hong Kong, how long you were there, um, what you kind of did, and then if you could give us a little background on the history of Hong Kong and why the protests have started now. Um, so the reason I went to Hong Kong is basically, I've been before I went to Hong Kong, I was studying it for a few months, and I've noticed that there's been a lot of civil unrest everywhere in the world, but I noticed um, Hong Kong was really special because this place has really experienced what true freedom and liberty is like, and they're fighting to keep it that way. And just like when most of the, with most places on earth are going towards bigger and bigger government, it's, I mean, to me, it was interesting to see some place where they were fighting for smaller government. Yeah. It's almost refreshing, right? To like see somebody like actually taking up the fight against the, like a government tyranny. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, man. That was, it is, I, like I said, I've been following it, you know, I probably not as, as close as I should have the last, fuck, it's been since March when these protests started. And, um, I, I've been following it for kind of since then, but just not very closely, but the more and more I see it. And then once I found your page getting a lot, I gained a lot more knowledge just on the things that you would post on your story or the, the posts that you would do in your, while you were there, like those were just crazy and you weren't seeing that kind of coverage of it anywhere else so that was freaking awesome of you dude thanks yeah um well if you could uh just go into a brief history of hong kong and then we can uh jump into some of these other things that we got into the last time so way back in the 1800s britain went to war with china and britain essentially won they made they went up they made a peace agreement saying that um, Hong Kong would be part of Britain to 90, for 99 years, which to the negotiator, he said 99 years is basically forever. But the, So under that, it, Hong Kong was just a small fish. It was a small island dotted with fishing villages. But um, under the British rule, they basically, at least especially towards the end, they just let Hong Kong do what they wanted. And from there, it just kind of went from small fishing villas to the financial center of the world due to its free markets. And 1997 came, and the lease was over. 99 years was over. So China and Britain made an agreement saying that Hong Kong would now be part of China, but it would be under its own system of government. 
for 50 years. And that was the agreement made between Britain and China. People at first were pretty happy about this arrangement, but over time, I mean, when until 2003 hit, um, the Hong Kong parliament tried to pass um, Article 23, which said that if anyone criticized the Chinese government, they could be sentenced to prison. And I think at that moment, it was a bombshell for the people of Hong Kong. They realized what it would actually be like for for them to live under China Chinese rule. It didn't pass, but it was just like, that's when the resentment really started towards China. Not necessarily China, but the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party. And just over time, um, that fear as, as the, because now the clock is ticking until they are under direct rule of China. And China is now trying to erode the autonomy of Hong Kong, trying to gain more and more control over Hong Kong slowly. And people are generally very, were very fearful for what would happen if they were directly ruled under China. So, so I mean, it just, it just kind of built up. 2014, there was a series of protests under Joshua Wong. Um, once the leaders of those protests were arrested, it ended all the way up until 2019 when um, Carrie Lam, the, who's essentially like the president of Hong Kong, the chief executive, tried to push through the legislative an anti-extradition act, which said, that Chinese, which said that China could extradite people from Hong Kong and to go into China. And people were afraid that China would pick out political dissidents and send them off to Chinese gulags. So that's what really started these protests in 2019 and it just spiraled from there. Yeah. And uh, so last time we were talking, um, there was five things, five demands of the protesters at this point in time. Um, I was looking for them and uh, like I had a couple, I, like I saw a couple different articles, you know, like you, you've said before uh, on our, on the original podcast or recording, you had said that they're, they're pretty decentralized. So a lot of the information is, kind of decentralized too so looking for it was a little difficult for me but it, it was uh extradition uh, of that act that you just spoke of withdraw the extradition yeah act. yeah exactly withdraw the extradition act um it was democratic elections and then uh what was the other uh three that you had so the first one was withdrawing withdrawing the extradition act um the second was uh, the second was an, an inquiry into police brutality basically just like enough investigation. Um, The third one was reclassifying the peaceful protests, especially the one in in June 9th as, as protests instead of riots. Right. Um, Third is to release the arrest arrested protesters. And the fifth one is to have universal suffrage as promised to them in their constitution. Right. That's what it was. And I think, I think getting those, out right now at the beginning of this episode is very important because it kind of leads into everything of what's been happening, um, why the protesters act the way that they do, um, the things that they uh, say, the things that are released to media, how, why they're decentralized because it's not, it's not like the protests you, you referred to where the main leader gets arrested and then the whole protest goes to shit. So I think the outlining those is going to give us a great, uh, flow for the rest of this. Um, so when we're talking about those demands, the first one was repealed, correct? Like they actually yeah. withdrew it and it is now not a thing anymore. Yeah. All right. So, th- so they got one of their demands so far. And then, um, I recently saw in the news, I think it came out this week or sometime over the weekend where it was, it was a lot of the lower level elections. Um, uh, it was like a landslide victories for um, Democratic Party type or pro democracy candidates. Pro, thank you, God. Burns talking is hard. Pro de, pro democracy candidates uh, won in like a landslide victory over the previous exis- existing uh, people that held seats. Did you did you happen to see that? Yeah, I mean, we do, you do have to remember these are still only local officials, not the higher ups. But still, this right. shows what this is a clear message to China 
exactly what they're what they want exactly and that's what i was going to bring up because when i was reading it they said they were lower level officials they usually did things with uh, you know communities community level type stuff bus stops um parks things like that so i i just thought it was it's obvious that a large majority of china is or of uh, hong kong is very much with what the protesters are arguing for I'd, yes. say, I'd say that's a pretty good uh uh assumption right yes yeah very much so all right so let's see we have a couple other things here um while you were there what was it like what did you i mean we kind of just went over like how the majority of hong kong feels but is that how you is that the is that the feeling you got while you were there particularly yes most definitely i mean i only saw two people that were like yelling like go home to the protesters and they were most likely um foreigners oh really Uh, yeah, there were <laughs> literally everyone there is like the shop owners will go out of their shops and give snacks out to the protesters as they're like throwing bricks onto the road and all of that, and they're just <laughs> and just everyone's just on the side of the protesters and every almost everyone that I saw in Hong Kong hates the police. Like whenever there's a police officer walking by, you'll see like fifty, like eighty year old men like on the street corner yelling "fuck you." <laughs> God, this is the future. This is the future libertarians want for America. No, it really was because no one will use the police in Hong Kong, and yet it's still extremely safe, which I thought was really cool to see. How people saw how the people saw the police as the enemy. No one, everyone refuses to use the police, and yet, I mean, society is essentially safe in Hong Kong. Wow, that's fucking that awesome. crazy, dude. Um, Typo was actually looking up some things while we were, and he, we, the last time we brought up the uh, Cato Freedom Index and how Hong Kong usually rates higher, it has rated higher than the U.S. actually, and yes. uh, for a while. What would what, you say, Typo? It was like a couple years or something? Uh. Well, I didn't, I didn't really say, I don't know. It was in 2018 they did the study. So they're saying that Hong Kong is number three in the Cato Freedom Index and then the United States 17. Yeah. And I just think that's a pretty crazy stat to put out there where we're talking about a country that is literally surrounded by probably one of the biggest mega states in the history of the world. Yeah. And yeah. It's like fifth from last on the Cato Institute yeah, for Freedom I, I, Index. I feel like we didn't, honestly, I feel like we didn't stress that enough in the, the last recording is uh, yeah. just what a different fucking monster the Chinese government is. Like it's, it's something that I think a lot of fucking non-worldview fucking people, the people that actually don't understand what it's like outside of their bubble of the United States, libertarians included, have no fucking comprehension of how terrible that fucking place is. Like, uh, we've, we talked about it before where it was, uh, fucking bird archist from fucking uh, fat cast, fat cast shout out, um, friends against government, but he did his entire, he did his entire, he's doing his entire thesis on the Uyghurs and the Chinese uh, government's treatment of the Uyghurs. And fucking, he knows a lot about that. He was on also free man beyond the wall talking about it. It's the only time I've ever heard him serious, <laughs> but like the fucking amount of the amount of power the Chinese government holds over the people of that fucking country and then the amount of dedication the Chinese government has to hiding that from the rest of the world is astronomical. And I would, I, I would actually argue that even the atrocities we do fucking know that the Chinese government probably commits daily probably pale in comparison to the fucking ones we don't. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I mean, a lot of shit you hear are rumors like the like organ harvesting and fucking genocide camps, but it's one of those things where it's like if you truly understand the nature of the Chinese government, and this is in this is in comparison to like everybody it's fucking honestly not that far-fetched to think that they would do that and then and that's just putting into perspective that you have that giant fucking monolith of just tyranny and authoritarian control next to a fucking city that's smaller than new york city yeah yeah yeah, it's like it's literally it's got a million less people than New York City, but it's like a hundred and ten times smaller. 
which is insane to me. Like there's, there's 7 million people in Hong Kong. And uh, this is one of the other things that I wanted to bring about the population was um, uh, when we spoke, you, uh, we talked about how many people are actually protesting. And at one point when it would, when it was at its highest, there was almost 25% of that population that was out in the streets protesting. Yes. I mean, it's, it was estimated that at that protest over over it was over two million people just out on the streets all at once, biggest um, protest compared to the population size in history. And I would say yeah, just at that one protest, over twenty five percent. But if you count all of the protests, like how many? It is estimated that twenty three no fifty three to fifty six percent of the population has been protesting at one point or another. Oh my God. Damn, That's I awesome. didn't, yeah, I didn't know that. Because, I mean, oh, yeah, you, the last time you, you brought up uh, the, the business workers uh, on the, they would go out during lunchtime and protest. Yeah. Like the, the bank managers and the, the, uh, the hedge fund managers and all, all those them, people, right? All them fucking yeah. white collar bitches. Yeah, because they're like, well, yeah, they're like, first off, they're like, fuck that. Like, I'm not, I'm not getting taken. Like, that's the biggest single threat to their, their business is China. Yeah. Can you that's imagine fun. being a banker working in the, in China? Like, that's, that just sounds terrible. Well, that, that just sounds like you don't have to, like, you're not doing anything. Like, you're just kind of putting, making ones and zeros on a keyboard and you're just getting paid to do that all day. Because it's all fake. <laughs> If you fuck it up, you, and if you fuck it up, you go to a genocide camp. <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> well, well. So I wanted to. I think uh, we had some other questions here. Um, oh, one of the main things about this, uh, while you were you got to interact with many many protesters. So what what were they like? They're they're just probably normal people, just like you and us, right? Yeah, I mean, I've talked about this before. They're they're definitely they're just normal people. These aren't like combat ready uh, military dudes these are like if you think of like your average new yorker it's it's basically the same thing in hong kong just weak little (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah basically honestly you know i think somebody from hong kong could definitely fuck up the average new yorker (laughs) maybe not in some places in new york city that you know there's some strongholds of angry large wops i can say that but if you but if you, <laughs> if you if you took a, a a Hong Kong dude that's protesting and put him in like on Broadway Street and just like said go ham, I think he could probably take out like twenty people that are on Broadway. Probably. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, that's mostly because people in New York City will just kind of walk by you as you're getting your ass. <laughs> like nobody, nobody, nobody fucking helps you in New York City. You just, oh shit. Somebody's just getting stabbed in an alley, and you're just like, oh man, there's a fucking sale of bread over there. Look at that. <laughs> oh fuck, we're going to hell. Um, so <laughs> while you were there, uh, what did you what did you do in particular? Like you specifically, what did you do while you were there? I mean, my main job while I was there is documenting and providing first aid. I was I was there on the front lines. My two of my teammates. I mean, one of my teammates got shot with rubber bullets, water cannons, and um, tear gas canisters. But, I mean, I've, I've been hit with tear gas. My teammates have been hit with rubber bullets. Like, we've been there right on the front line. Some bitches hurt, dude. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, rubber bullets. Tear gas sucks dick in general. I think we talked. <laughs> I think we talked about this last time. Like CS gas is literally against the Geneva Convention, and police forces all all around the world use it as like a a, a riot riot control. Yeah. riot control system, and it's like one of the worst things ever. And John, the last time you brought up, it, like they're uh, making gas masks illegal. Like you're not allowed to import yeah. gas masks into Hong Kong anymore, correct? So even well, you're you're not, you're still able to import. You're just not allowed to wear them. Oh. No. Gotcha. Well, and you, you said just normal families that want to get yeah. their kids to school, you know, without having them bust into tears and snot coming out of their nose with their skin on fire. Can't even get a gas mask anymore. Yeah. <laughs> or wear a gas mask anymore. Yeah. You could, you could be, you could be, I mean, you could be arrested just for wearing a gas mask. 
That's intense. And uh, oh, the last time we talked about um, the different types of protesters. So you had your frontliners and then you had everybody else that's kind of protesting, maybe not so much in the background, but the frontliners being the ones protecting them against the police force. If you could go more into that, that'd be awesome. And I saw like two types of um, what I usually saw like on, on an average night in Hong Kong, in like in Mongkok, essentially, they were basically just there to. There was two types of strategies I saw: is just provoke and run away, provoke and run away. One of the like when they would do like that strategy, where they would try to like they would throw bricks onto the road, whatever, try to stop the police from coming after them. The police would come and they'd all run away. And by the time I mean, all the protesters are gone. There's only civilians left. And then there's the, you know, there's a police, these gun-happy police shooting tear gas like candy at, at not at protesters, but at groups of civilians. Because that all the protesters like are, there's like, because, <laughs> because all of the protesters are now gone. That's and, definitely some cop shit. Yeah. Did, but did the, uh, like with that, did, do normal civilians have like resentment towards the protesters for stuff like that because they provoked them and then ran away or was I it mean, just like, nope, fuck the police. <laughs> I mean, some of them, some of them definitely have harbored resentment. I'm, I mean, I mean, we have to understand this is still like, this isn't unanimous. There's people that have all different types of opinions in Hong Kong, but I would say overall the people are behind the protesters. Yeah. yeah um, that's but, just, go ahead. And then the other type I would see is they would like the other kind that I really saw is they would all just group together, go in this like umbrella garrison formation and just start walking towards the police as they're shooting, as the police are shooting tear gas at them. And usually it's just like territory warfare. The police would, they would throw bricks and Molotov at the police. The police would run away. I mean, they wouldn't run away. They would start backing up. And then the police would start shooting enough tear gas to where they would start gaining ground. And it was just this battle back and forth between these, these hordes of protesters and the police. And are these just on like major streets in Hong Kong, like downtown Hong Kong or what? Yes, these are on, these are on pretty major streets. That's intense. That's just crazy to me. And, you know, all they're using is freaking umbrellas and shit, right? Like the protesters? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, right, yeah, right. They'd be building fucking trebuchets and shit too. Don't fucking, <laughs> fucking get it twisted. They they're coming back. I mean, so, some of them, a lot of them do have molotovs on them, and they're throwing bricks from the sidewalks. The ones that are behind the umbrellas, but over, most of them just have an umbrella on them. Yeah, and and most of them are, you know, I mean, we see the pictures where they're covering their face. A lot of them have gas masks, and they're just like, you know what? Fuck this. We're done. Um, and I think I think that's a that's a big one. And I think more people should be like that. <laughs> fuck this. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. Fuck this. I'm done. Like I'm, I'm fighting for what there's, I think is there, right. There's one phrase that could sum up 80% of my political views. <laughs> right. Fuck this. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Oh, what about, uh, so I, you know, we got, we got all those, we we do speak the libertarians, so we got to talk about uh, possible possible CIA involvement. That's obvious. <laughs> um, did you ever do you ever see anything about that? Hear anybody talking about that? About fucking any kind of involvement from any kind of U.S. forces, fed or otherwise? I mean, I think we talked about this last time. No, I didn't see yeah. anything like that whatsoever. And even if there was any kind of CIA involvement, it wouldn't have changed anything. Yeah, I think that gets lost on some people because. Honestly, like I'm not, I'm, I'm a hundred percent convinced just because of the interaction by certain politicians in our government with the fucking even higher levels of the protesters and then the Hong Kong government right now. Oh, there's a hundred percent us involvement in this shit. But I mean, there's always going to be fucking people taking advantage of natural situations that occur. That's just life. And that's reality. Nothing's black and white. Everything's gray. So yeah, I mean, it's just nice knowing like having somebody that, actually spoke to the actual people on the fucking ground not the, the big heads and the fucking wigs that are just kind of fucking each other for power up top but somebody that's actually with the people underground that are actually fighting for their own ideals and their own beliefs and yeah it's i can definitely see that they're they're going on their own accord whether or not fucking they're propped by somebody else yeah i mean it's 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 definitely cia is not the reason they're willing to die for their freedoms yeah and and that's that's generally the 
the feeling that you get from them, right? Like they're yeah. ready to die for this. Yes. I mean, there's people in our country that freak the fuck out about Mexicans trying to pick strawberries. So like <laughs> you can put that in the, like the frame of perspective of like fucking being somebody that truly has like a taste of liberty with a like I said, just an absolute out of this world. Like the only thing that can compare to China off the top of my head is like fucking North Korea. And they're just on some like next level shit. Like them people just those, like North Korea shouldn't even exist. I'll be honest. They should have like a revolution. Like every, well, I mean, the, the only reason why North Korea exists is because of China. So yeah, I mean, fuck. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just think, I just think the whole thing is pretty fucking crazy. Um, Last time we also talked about uh, what do you see the protesters doing? Uh, we kind of touched on it earlier, but it's like, are they centralized? Are they decentralized? How yeah. are they communicate, communicating? Things like that. Everything is completely decentralized. I mean, we, we did talk about it a little bit earlier, but I mean, there's no centralization to them. All of them just like go through these, all of them, everyone that talks to each other is pretty much anonymous. They talk to each other through the messaging app, Telegram. And, but there's no one person in charge of anything. Just one person decides, hey, let's go there. They message on like these anonymous boards and everyone decides, yeah, we'll go there. Yeah. And that's just how it happens. I mean, that's, that's actually natural. That's something that you see with just even like, uh, like, insur- like insurgency fucking warfare, like, you'll have a fucking a group of guys that just of their own accord, this is their own little special group, fucking go out and engage something, and then against conventional forces, and within 24 hours, that five guys somehow turned into 150. It just fucking, just like that. And all it was because you have all these little tiny fucking groups of people, friends, all these little communities that do have their own little hierarchies within themselves, and they operate within themselves, but they'll just go and fucking take advantage and join in with somebody else that has the same cause as them. Yeah, I mean, we talk about third-party actors all the time, but even even without that, like, I mean, look at what happened here in New York over the weekend, where it was, you know, Putnam the Putnam County Police Force and things like that. I'm not not. I don't even want to get into that shit. I mean, there's so much. But wait, that's not what. That. I, that's not I know, even. I know where you're going. That's, yeah, that's not even what I'm talking about. But it's it's more so like not even getting into the actual situation. Just the fact that who I don't know particularly how many people showed up, but there was a grip of people that showed up to that all over just of that was just on Instagram. That wasn't even people like trying to look at what was actually going on. That was just people like, all right, I'm going to go and at least watch just because. Yeah. And, and I, I think that's just insane. And you can see the same as what John's saying right here, where that's, that's how they do it. It's like people agree and they go and they're going to support it. And that's how you get these massive numbers. And I think it's a little bit, obviously it's a lot different in a Hong Kong in the fact that, it's a unifying thing for the culture itself and for the people themselves. But they're like, yeah, we all agree with this. So we're going after it and we're going to go yeah. to this place and, you know, protest or we're going to be the frontliners or whatever else. I mean, I'm talking to like the people that are on the front lines. These are, these are brave people. Like most, I would say at this point, a lot of people, the the protesters at this point have the majority behind their back, but the majority are also too scared to join them because they're afraid of what would happen to them. Because just by being at the protest, you can be arrested and in jail for 10 years. Yeah, that's insane. And uh, I don't remember the number, but last time there was like an insane number that you you gave out that uh, the amount of people that have been arrested so far. Um, I think it was like 6,000, 5,000, something yeah. like that. And that's just fucking crazy to me. Um, you were also at Poly U and a lot of people, I think that's when a lot of, a lot of people started, not a lot of people started following you cause you got a shit ton of followers before that, but your, your like Instagram started making a really big buzz. Um, and the people that I know was when you were at Poly U, uh, can you explain a little bit about what Poly U was, why it was a pretty big thing? I mean, but CUHK and Poly U were were two really big events in the in the history of Hong Kong. But if I mean in the history of the Hong Kong protests, but if you want to talk about both of them, I'm cool with that too. Basically, I mean, if we're going to talk about the first siege, basically there was crazy stuff going on all around the city. Just major these major protests. There, the 
the people of Hong Kong set up a, a one week strike. Like everyone in everyone just decided not to go to work, not to go to school, all of that. And all the pro and all the university students, well, they weren't going to classes and they were just out protesting. So they decided to just start fortified and also at this time, police officers started getting search warrants to search the dorms of these protesters for like any evidence that they're that they were protesting. So they just started fortifying the universities, and it's pretty insane just watching how they would fortify it. They would just create barricades upon barricades on major major roads, like at Poly U, the biggest, the main tunnel that links the island to the mainland was completely shut down and most of the traffic goes through that tunnel. And they like they just completely they burned all the tool the toolbooks to the ground, just completely barricaded it. Poly used around four major roads. They just completely shut it all down, barricaded it, brick thousands of bricks on the road, just spreading from each university so that no police officer could get anywhere near it. And was that where some of the uh, videos of like the Molotovs uh, getting thrown on the armored vehicles and things like that came in? So, well, these are just like we're just talking about like the buildup. These are hap- this yeah. is happening. At, this is happening at every university: City U, City CUHK, Hong Kong University, Poly University. So they're all doing it. It wasn't just Poly U. That was just where you were at specifically. I mean, at that time, yes. Yeah, I was. I was going between different ones. Gotcha. And they would fortify it. They like these university students like created their own proto governments. Essentially, they would patrol like the university. They had they had chefs at each one that was providing food twenty four seven for the protesters. They had they were setting up bed. They're setting up thousands of beds for the protesters to sleep in. So they were setting up supplies for like anything wherever you needed. If you needed like to charge your phone, you could just quickly grab a battery pack from these big buckets full of them like they basically whatever supplies you need like they had one building set for first aid one building set for like this thing one building set for headquarters and they basically they didn't set their own it was like a proto it was a decentralized proto government essentially that's fucking insane i didn't i didn't even know all that. and like even even if you wanted to get in as a protester you had to go through like a bunch of searches where they would pat you down search through your bags ask you why you're here. They'd search through your phone to make sure you're not an undercover cop, even just to get in. Damn. Like, it was, it was like, they really just fortified it down. And I mean, when I went through it, I, I showed on my Instagram, I just started walking down the road. Um, and you could see all the barricades and the bricks as you were walking through it. And I, was, and I thought to myself, how is anything going to be able to get through this? Um, but so eventually the police were like enough is enough and they try to go after Chinese University of Hong Kong they completely surrounded Chinese University of Hong Kong and they decided to just go through one of the bridge bridges to just capture the protesters the, they, the protesters fought back throwing the police just in there, they had their armor vehicles, their water cannons behind them. It wasn't really used, but they were just shooting tear gas like a machine gun for over two hours straight, just straight at the protesters. And the protesters would fight back throwing Molotovs and, you know, the slingshot, the, the bows and arrows, all of that that you saw. And after this went on for almost all, almost all night and eventually the police ran out of ammo. So they, so they retreated Dude, that is some straight bug shit, dude. <laughs> and so eventually the police just decided decided to just leave. And that was the CU that was the failed siege of Chinese University. So after this siege, you know, the protesters were feeling pretty good about themselves. And and then a week later they tried again at Pauli University. And I was there during this. And for the, at least for at least for the beginning. So they, the police came in in their armored vehicles and water cannons, which are also um, armored vehicles, and they just and they were just had like these huge fleets of um, police officers. The, the police have over thirty thousand members, 
So there's like a lot of police officers. And yeah, shit ton. And they would come into Poly U. Like they just basically come, they were starting to surround Poly U. They first tried to go, start to go through the front entrance, which you saw. And then you would just see like these rows and rows of these people holding up umbrellas and people behind the umbrellas throwing Molotovs. Because they, while they were fortifying the universities, they made thousands upon thousands of Molotovs. Fuck. And, they, and you know, they were making slingshots. You saw the bow and arrow guys. Yeah, those, those dudes are intense, man. It's like, oh, we're not, we're, we don't have fucking guns, bet. Just fucking out there tomb raidering that shit. You're going to figure it out. There's a will, there's a way. Right? Yeah, I mean, just setting up these huge slingshots, bows and arrows, but most of the police officers hid behind these big armored vehicles because, you know, a bow and arrow isn't going to do much to an armored vehicle. Although, right. although, although a few police officers did get hit by the bow and arrows. Yeah, and that's I, fucking crazy. I saw a lot of memes around it. I was like, I used to be a police officer like you until I got, <laughs> until I got an arrow in the knee. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking awesome. Yeah, they just need to go like full medieval with it. So you set out range markers because obviously <laughs> the police are stupid. So they're going to come to the most obvious point. <laughs> you set up inconspicuous range markers and then everybody with bows you just get in this nice little tack formation behind all the barricades and then you have some bitch out there with binos just calling out ranges and these dudes you just got to train on it man you know like 400 or something like up here you come down to like 300 200 100 you just keep lobbing fucking like 20 30 arrows at a time you'll get more than two cops <laughs> obviously i'm talking about hong kong police this is something i would never advocate for here maybe i don't know maybe. <laughs> but yeah man you gotta you gotta you gotta start you're using medieval shit you gotta go back to medieval tactics the reason they work yeah dude for real and then uh, like how did you even how'd you get out of there if you don't well, mind us asking well i was just continue with i think so what yeah yeah go ahead what they would do is they would push their their water cannons forward against the like they they push the they basically push the water cannons towards these words. So water cannon vehicles they're huge, like because they hold thousands of gallons of pepper spray, and they basically I mean it was blue dyed pepper spray is what these water cannons hold, and you know water itself will push you over it can break bones. And then, you know, pepper spray hurts. It yeah. screams like hell. And so the, what they would do is they would just go forward, try to drench the protesters with this pepper spray. And the and while they were doing that, protesters would go up and throw, they would throw Molotovs at the water cannon and they would the vehicle would eventually just go back. And then 15 minutes later, it would go forward, it would get hit with Molotovs and go back. And it was just going back and forth like this for hours. <laughs> and, what, and something we didn't realize is like, at the, and then at the time, I was just watching this happen. And I noticed half of the protesters left this front area to run to the back. And I was wondering what was happening. And it was because the police officers were trying to charge in on multiple fronts. Because it was originally just trying to charge in at one. And so... After the protesters went to the back, the, the police were shooting tear gas. Um, and so the protesters went up and just, you know, started throw, throwing Molotovs and bricks at the police. They eventually, like, and then just over time, just they, the police just surrounded the entire university trying to charge in at, at all fronts. That's crazy. And it just, because they were trying to come in, on all fronts, it became pretty overwhelming for the people in there. And eventually they kind of um, lost. But before, well, after it got completely surrounded, there was like this little alleyway that I guess the police officers weren't checking at that very moment. And we, me and my group, we were able to sneak out through there. We were all medics. And we were the first group that went through but there was another group of medics that tried to follow us behind us like five to 15 minutes later. Um, they all got arrested. Damn. So y'all just barely made it out of there then. Yeah. We barely escaped. Yeah. Did you see all the, uh, the videos of the dudes like <laughs> paratrooping down from the, or 
quick roping down from the the bridge and getting on motorcycles and taking them away. Yeah. Also, saw people were also sending pictures of their hands, and their hands were like their skin was burned. Like was com- no, their skin was like completely ripped off their hand. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, Wear gloves when you fast rope, boys and girls. Yeah, Wear fast gloves. fast roping is intense, man. Like that shit. That shit goes through gloves. Like. <laughs> yeah, but. I mean. I mean, it was it was a matter of life or death for them. Oh yeah, so. oh, yeah, yeah. Completely understand, but uh, yeah, that shit's that shit's crazy. And there was like something uh, over a thousand people that were arrested there at Polyu. Yeah, over a thousand people were arrested. After after that happened, did the uh, other universities did everybody kind of like dissipate? They were just like, oh fuck, we don't want that to happen to us, so they got out of there or what? Yeah, that's essentially what happened. Yeah, that's- and then. For- and then after that, they just, like, decided um, there was huge, like, since everything's decentralized, everything, like, it was just spread out. Like, after Paula U, we're taking a two-week break. Um, we need to regroup, replan, like, think of new strategies here because obviously Paula U was not a great strategy. And just come back out even stronger in two weeks. So that's what's going on right now. It's basically a planning period for the protesters. And it's also a planning period because of the local elections. Yeah. Uh, is, is there going to be any more, is there any more elections here coming up or just the ones that happened over the last week? Um, I'm not, I'm not sure. I think it, it may have been just those. I think, I think they um, elect some of the legislative, but very few of them. Mm-hmm. Most of them were chosen by China. Oh yeah. That, that's something else that I, I do want to get into because well, we talked about that a little bit last time was about how China actually places a lot of the people there. But um, some of the, so I, we talked about it. We also talked about this last time, but um, I know our listener, we got a whole bunch of questions, everybody asking how you got there and how you got out. And I just want you to explain like how it's still not like, it's not locked. It's not a country that's locked down. Right. No, I mean, it's pretty crazy because like people have gotten so used to it. Like you see so much chaos and just like, this absolute insanity tear gas everywhere you know it, it it looks like a war zone almost when you're there without the actual guns like the terrain looks like a war zone and then you go out onto the same street the next day and this life goes on as normal yeah it's, it's really weird to see. you get really you get really amazed real quick what people can get used to dude we literally yeah. like and i've told this story before on our podcast but during firefights in Afghanistan, there would literally be some fucking farmer that'd just be out there still hoeing his fucking field. And literally, he's in between us and the fucking fighters that we're engaging. And, like, this dude is cutting off entire sections of machine gun fire because he doesn't give a fuck. Because he just literally just hoeing his fucking field to cut right in front of our fucking guns and shit. And, like, I know, I know some anarchists out there will argue, but not everybody in the military wants to murder everybody. So, like, you know, fucking dudes are, like, cutting off their fire and shit. And that dude, no shit's given. <laughs> fucking bullets, like, whizzing by and hitting by his feet. Yeah, dude, people get used to it. When, when you, I mean, you've experienced it now. You've gone out of the country and you've experienced the world a little bit. Yeah. Fucking people in those kinds of, war, that, those places of the world, you'd be amazed what a human being can just accept as fucking normal and just go yeah. about their day it's it's astronomical it's ridiculous do you do you hear some of those same sentiments from the hong kongers uh, what sentiments that people like, that, that they're just used to it by now like they just like it's just this is how life is um i want to say like yes to the protest but no they are not used to like they are still very fearful of china i would say like, right I don't, I don't know how to explain that like they their way of life right now they do not want it at all they they really don't want their protest but like life do, does go on yeah right. and it's either it's either fucking protest and try to fight against this as much as you can or accept the chinese of probably one of the scariest fucking states to ever exist in the world yeah like i'd rather live in fucking nero's roman empire than fucking <laughs> the current chinese fuck that man i guess mm, that's some heavy like that's why, like I said before, I was talking about, like, I, the ball's on you, man, because, like, you would not catch me anywhere near that shit without a fucking rifle in my hands. You're out of your fucking mind. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Typo, were you about to say something I saw, but you were muted? Oh, no, I was uh, laughing well, I was at just, Nero. <laughs> yeah, I was just laughing at that. But I was going to ask, like, what does 
uh, that we talked about this before, but what has China like done to like, what was their reaction to the protests and what have they done to like try to, I don't know, hurt Hong Kong or the protests? I mean, they definitely haven't, they've, I would say their ba- their main strategy is soft power, essentially. Just push out as much Hong Kong propaganda as possible. Everyone in Hong Kong, I mean, everyone in China sees Hong Kong, the Hong Kong protesters as terrorists and rioters, brutal savages. And like, that's because of the Chinese propaganda arm. And they've just, they, they've just been doing everything they can to push out anti-protester propaganda. And you'll see they're trying to push it here in the States as well. Oh yeah, I've seen the shit. You see fucking dude, I swear to God, I've met, I've seen like four or five fucking Chinese Twitter bots on fucking like threads and shit. They're just saying like some stupid shit. Like about like on like Hong Kong fucking pages and stuff like that, talking about the protests. I see that shit all the fucking time. Yeah, a lot. A lot of those are. Um, a lot of those are tweeted out by the Chinese state. I fucking one hundred percent believe that. I mean, the, the, they call them the Fifty Cent Party because, um, like the Fifty Cent Party, because you get hired to post pro-China propaganda, and you get fifty cents for every post you make. That's hilarious. Oh, Jesus, I didn't know that. <laughs> That's um, I'm looking into that shit later. That's hilarious. Yeah. Did you? Uh, so we. I wanted to ask, because uh, a lot of people asked, how does the U.S. media, um, or does the U.S. media help or hurt, do you think, um, at this moment in time, what you've seen on, uh, you know, mainstream media accounts? I mean, a lot of them, they don't get everything completely accurate, but, I mean, most of the things they do get wrong is really I mean, usually against the protesters and not for the protesters. But overall, it's definitely the American media has helped Hong Kong a ton. By I would say most American media has shown the truth of the Hong Kong protesters and showing what's actually going on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, any it gets to a point where I think all of us talking right now know anything coming from the mainstream media you take with a really really heavy fucking grain of salt. But, like, you, I've definitely seen a lot of independent media sources or even shit like your fucking Instagram profiles. So I saw your videos from Instagram. even got all the way onto fucking, like, Twitter. I had a couple guys post them on our Discord and shit. But, uh, like, yeah, that shit, that, that, that more independent, decentralized media is definitely fucking... In yeah. situations like that, when you don't have fucking rifles, showing light on the situation is pretty much probably the only thing standing between those protesters and certain death. Yeah, I mean, because like the only thing stopping those fucking Hong Kong police from opening up is the fact that there's like a thousand fucking camera phones pointed at them. Yeah, I mean, they're extremely smart for why they're holding up the all of these countries' flag. Like you see the American flag, the British flag, whatever. They're trying to gain support from people in America because they know that if the world is behind Hong Kong, it's a huge deterrent for China to do anything to Hong Kong. Yeah. Well, that's something we, uh, I talked about last, last time we re-recorded this specific episode, but it was uh, a, a state like China, as scary as it is, it still, I mean, as we talked about in this, this recording too, it, it still has to maintain some level of like, not, and not, ah, I'm retarded. Animosity. Thank you. No, that's not it. Whatever. They have to be clandestine. They have to be clandestine in their fucking efforts. They have to, they have to be very sneaky. They can't like even getting, it like accurate information on the shit we were talking about before with the Uyghurs getting accurate information on that is a pain in the fucking nutsack just because getting any kind of accurate information out of China through the fucking uh, prism of the Chinese government is near fucking impossible. Oh yeah. So it's something that that's the level of uh, public publicization that um, Hong Kong has is definitely fucking beneficial because the Chinese government cannot operate like the Chinese government does in the fucking light of the world. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. yeah, Basically Hong Kong like is the only reason why it's so crazy is because Hong Kong has been so free for so long that they understand or, and they have the means to actually get this media out there and this, this level of 
publish. I'm not going to be able to say it either, dude. I we're know. Gonna, fuck we're, me. We're gonna, dude, we're going to get fucking roasted when this episode. Posts. I know, dude. <laughs> as long as we're on the same page. It's probably yeah. going to be John roasting us. dude. <laughs> probably. It's all right. <laughs> Our fucking, the people that listen to us aren't nice to us. They still listen to us, so it's okay. <laughs> but, but I think, I think it's very important that they're like, they have been free. And the reason why they, that they have the ability to, to get people to see this stuff is because they've been free. And I just still think it's crazy that they're one of the freest places in the world. Um, I mean, they just, they just are like, I mean, you look at their economy, you look at the way that they've been able to to do things before everything has happened recently. And they they have been, and it, it just goes to show like, Hey, freedom is the fucking way. Even when there's a giant mega state around your whole fucking island. Yeah, dude, John John Stossel like made open up a business in Hong Kong like in a day, like an entire business. Like, didn't need, li- didn't need like licensing or anything. Like it just opened up a business. I mean, I, I I could really sense the freedom every time I bought stuff and didn't have to worry about sales tax. That's beautiful. Yeah. There's no sales tax, dude. We're going to Hong Kong. <laughs> Dude, there's barely any, there's extremely low taxes there. Hong Kong need a militia? We're totally about it. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> uh, well, and speaking of going over to Hong Kong, uh, do you want to tell everybody what you're trying to get together for your next trip to Hong Kong? Yeah, I'm trying to get a group of people together to just go to Hong Kong to help support the people there. Um, we're not going to be supplying guns, but we will be... <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I'm kidding. We will be giving supplies. Um, I mean, first aid, documentation, just basically being there to support the protesters, essentially. Yeah, and you're also starting a, a GoFundMe for it, correct? Or you have a GoFundMe for it? I mean, I do, yes, I do have a GoFundMe. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we'll definitely link those, like we said last time. Um, is there anything else that you want to say or portray about uh, what's going on over there? Uh. Not particularly off the top of your head? <laughs> no, not particularly oh, off the top of my head. Well, there but. was w- one other question that I had, or kind of question, but more probably leading into a conversation. But uh, the, um, what's her name? Sorry, the president or the... Uh, Carrie Lam. Yes. Uh, she was placed there by China, correct? Yes. And that's how a lot of their legislative... Uh, their legislators are, they are placed there by China, correct? Yes. And that's one of the big things. That's one of the, um, the uh, things that they're fighting for. One of the demands of the protesters. And uh, yeah. do you, have you heard anything from any protesters or anybody that you're still in contact with that something like that might be coming down the pipes or that there is talks about that? Or is it just I like mean, a hard no from China? I mean, it's definitely a hard no. And Carrie Lam keeps shooting her, herself in the foot again and again and again even so after um after the after that showed the like you know the landslide victory for democracy whatever all carrie lamb said that she was going to do this huge investigation into the source of all this public unrest like it's pretty obvious you're the source. <laughs> you yeah. Look in the mirror. You can't yeah. see the problem. You might be the fucking problem. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I saw that too. Uh, There's like a, like one of the top stories that when I looked up the democratic landslide in Hong Kong, um, one of the top stories was like China is pointing to out or uh, outside sources uh, for the reason why, like with, like the whole tampering of votes or whatever, like basically. And I was yeah, like, dude. holy shit, that seems familiar. Yeah, dude. Like yeah. the Russians got fucking Trump fucking elected. Yeah. And, China, and China's blaming I mean, the Americans. And it's like, well, you know, the Americans do that quite a bit. But I don't think, and there probably was some, but I don't think it was as big of a deal as it really like of what it was like, I think they're yeah. just trying to make it something. It's not like the Russians probably had like little to nothing to do with our elections. <laughs> Dude, A month yeah. ago, Hillary Clinton was tweeting about how corruption in politics is bad. Like <laughs> it's just, there's some things you just got to look at and just kind of chuckle. Just accept that everything's spiraling uh, downward. It's yeah. just one of the, you just accept it. 
and then I, I think we should we should probably finish on. Well, how do you think uh, the protesters feel? Are they they're I I know from the last time that we talked, but just to hear it again, like um, they're hopeful, they're they're ready mm-hmm. to do see this to the end, right? I mean, definitely the results of this election has given them renewed hope. I mean, hope that they desperately needed after what happened at Paul U. Right. Yeah, you, were t- you were talking last time about how there, it was kind of getting like, I mean, they've been going on, they've been going hard for fucking months and that shit gets tiring. You were talking about how they were kind of, uh, they were getting kind of worn out. So definitely, yeah, I, I feel like something like that is kind of more of a victory and that's something that can kind of boost your morale back up. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how this is going to end, but it's, I would say Hong Kong has a much bigger chance at winning than people think they do. Because one, Hong Kong is the financer of China. If you, if China destroys Hong Kong, they're destroying themselves. That's why um, you'll see, you'll see everywhere they graffiti it, everywhere they say it everywhere. If we burn, you burn with us. Damn. And, um, which is the truth. If, if, if China destroys Hong Kong, they're destroying themselves. Yeah, yeah. that's fucking crazy. Yeah, the, the, the protests literally just need to stay at a level that for that state to actually, either the Hong Kong police or the actual Chinese government, for them to actually destroy them would actually have to destroy the city. That's, that's, most, that's the level you need to maintain for survival at that point. Is yeah. you, you have to be like, if I fucking go, you go too. Like, you want yeah. this, you have to blow this fucking building up to get me. Like, yeah. And if you blow this up. building, yeah. And if you blow this building up, guess what? Your entire empire fucking falls. I mean, I really, I really see, I, I don't, I really, I don't know how this is going to go, but I see a lot of outcomes with Hong Kong essentially winning. Basically, if China gives, China gives the Hong Kong protesters what they want just to appease them, they've had enough. That will that, that would give everyone in China an excuse to fight against the Chinese government. They're like, look, there's the Chinese government giving people what they want through revolts. We're gonna revolt as well. Yeah. And that will lead and that will lead to the downfall of the CCP. If they do nothing, um, Hong Kong's economy will downfall and so will China's. Which leads and, to revolts. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden a bunch of hungry people get really angry all of a sudden. And then if they try to destroy Hong Kong, one, it may, it may lead to military intervention as other countries try to do something about it. But two, you know, they destroy Hong Kong, they destroy their own economy. Yeah. Damn. And, which will lead to a revolt. Yeah. And, and man, it's just a fucking catch-22 at this point for, it, it sounds like a catch-22. I mean, that's, that's like China. every, that's every, that's like every people's uprising though. Like that's, yeah. that's why civilian, Everything from just pure civilian unrest and rioting all the way up to just full-blown fucking militant insurgencies. Like, when it is the population, you don't really have a fucking choice. If you're a sledgehammer, everything's just a, just a slab to smash on, man. So, I mean, it, it's every- to a point where it's like, it, you got to kill. You either got to fucking kill everybody or you got to give up. I was, I was just saying, because a lot of people talk to me and they're like, there's no way Hong Kong can win. But when you look at it that way, you see they may have a pretty big chance at winning. Yeah, because at the end of the day, that's still a fucking city. And if you really want to, and it, as long as the protesters keep spirit, because that's all it is, man. At that point, it's just, you've got to believe in your fucking ideas. You've got to fucking dig your heels in. you got to, and, and as you said before, that a lot of these guys in these protests, they're, they're fucking, they're ride or die at this point. It's fucking, I'm either going to see this through to the end or you're going to fucking kill me. And honestly, that's the mentality you have to have because that mentality right there is how you're going to outlast the fucking state because that state has no choice. It can't beat you. It can't make you stop. So it's either leave you the fuck alone or burn everything around you. And contrary to popular belief, states don't just burn everything because they need it too. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say like this. This really is a game of who can outlast each other mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah, it, it is. It's like that. in any time you see any kind of like real uprising like that, it's it's a pure battle of willpower. And yeah. thankfully, mo- a lot of the times the people have a lot more reason to fight than the state does. Yeah, that that's literally it's it's basic as that. And honestly, that's why that's why honestly I agree with you. I think I think no matter how this situation pans out. China's going to lose. It's gone too far already to control for them. It's too fucking public. 
like they can't just send in like what they usually do with just whatever fucking send in secret police hush hush it and just fucking kill everybody it's too fucking far gone it's too popular it's yep. too public like it's just not it's out of their fucking control now so now it's either they bend the knee or they fucking <laughs> or they fucking kill themselves yeah mm-hmm. so all right well i think that's probably a good good fucking place to end because that was <laughs> That was a, a great sentiment to end on. Um, thank yeah. you again for coming on, man. Uh, second time. Me. Yeah, a second time. Uh, this time I recorded it on two places, and it will. <laughs> and one's a hard drive and one's a cloud. So hopefully everything will be just fine this time. <laughs> you just told right. China, dude. You just told China where it's at. All right. We're going to disconnect from the internet after this so they can't hack us again. <laughs> yeah, that or go Tom Woods. It's one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> but again thank you um we'll definitely post your gofundme um we'll post tags to your page if you ever decide to get on twitter you let us know so we can post that too <laughs> all right and so then dude, come, uh, come join the hellscape bro it's fucking great over here yeah <laughs> i'm getting i'm getting whiskey into it whiskey rebellion's catching catching stride that's mostly because he got nuked but I'm, I'm pushing him he's gone yeah <laughs> So if uh, uh, is there anything uh, you want to you want to throw out your tags real quick? Yeah, um, my Instagram at, at this current moment is still too savage for status. <laughs> After um, I got banned off of the Instagram, I'm for- sorry. I feel like it's our fault. <laughs> I mean, it was because I was posting U.S. war crimes in its full. Yeah, I mean, dude. Yeah, that'll, that'll do it. Yeah, your whole fucking Cuba. Like rant yesterday was intense, but amazing. By the that way. was that's way more heavy than why whiskey got banned. Whiskey got banned because he fucking made fun of a senator. Oh, because he did the picture of Buffalo Bill, where it was like, "Would you fuck me?" And he like posted a, 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 that bitch's name, Katie Hill, Katie Hill. Yeah. Hill over her name or whatever. I'm like, what a weak ass band that was. Yeah, John's is like fucking intense. Like the the dude it, i think you had what 20 plus posts about cuba and it was no, like no 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 it, it was um abu oh Karang. yeah it was what yeah it, it, that's was what the, it, was. it was the iraqi prison the iraqi prison yep that was that was some intense stuff i mean we we talked about a uh, typo and i've talked about that we posted something about the hooded man have you seen that picture uh yeah yeah so the hooded man and then it was uh that and a lot of people didn't even know what that was from, and we were like, we we need to do a show on that because that's that's important. Yeah. That shit's important, and of course yeah. you would get banned for that. That's why it's important. Yeah, I'm surprised yeah. that that picture, that post didn't get taken down. Yeah, for real. But uh, thank you again for coming on. If you sorry, I kind of cut you off there, but if you'd like to throw out the rest of your stuff, if you have anything. Um, I think that's basically it. I'm looking for people to come with me to Hong Kong, so. If you're interesting, hit it, hit up my Instagram. Still too savage for status. And, and w- yeah, when are you planning on going, or do you have uh, a time frame yet? Sometime in January. In January. All right. Well, there you guys have it. Uh, typo, Jared. You guys got uh, last words. Uh, thanks again for coming on. Fucking giving us this content. I wanted to get it out there, any as well. So thank you. Um, you can find me. I'm on Twitter at the mongoose oh eight six one. Um, I also run our Discord channel, and I am the uh, highest clout level and best host of Biting the Bullet. Fucking barely. <laughs> All right, I'm the worst host in Biting the Bullet. <laughs> Fucking you say that louder for the people in the back. Finally embraced it. I'm just kidding. I'm the best, but... Fucking... I'm dumb fucking... Oh, yeah, I'm owning in our fantasy football league. Just want everyone to know. No one fucking Nobody cares, cares, dude. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's that's, that's, that's failure. All right, well, uh, John, I just want to say thanks for coming on, man. Uh, I really, I hope, uh, hope we can get you on when you come back, because I mean, I just love hearing all the information you bring. So uh, thanks for that. Thanks for coming on a second time. And uh, I'm at the real typo on Twitter. You can and follow our Facebook. I'm doing a lot more on that. So uh, <laughs> thank God. Uh, I'm at keep it real on Twitter. You can follow our podcast page at biting bullet pod. Um, I also run the Instagram. It's at body biting bullet pod as well. Um, there's a lot of good memes on there. Uh, I actually, uh, share quite a few of John's old posts 
<laughs> Not anymore. I know, right? <laughs> but um, I'm, I'll definitely be sharing a, a lot of the new ones from his new Instagram page. So if you can't find him, uh, I'm sure you'll find something on our page that links to him. And uh, like I said, all of his GoFundMe stuff and his information uh, for Instagram is going to be on there as well. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And I hope you enjoyed that incredibly sobering and like not as funny it was great it was it was it was way i mean it made us sound more intelligent than we are Um, (laughs) because you already taught us a bunch of the shit before so like we were able to like hash off it It was great (laughs) so uh i hope you guys enjoyed that episode hopefully we'll get john on again when he comes back and uh good luck man you got some fucking balls on you bud all right thanks for having me on yep later Boom. All right. Thanks, man, dude. That was fucking great. I'm glad we got to got to do it again and now it's gonna be all saved and fucking perfect this time. I gotta piss. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Well, uh I think I have to be up at two thirty in the morning to go to work. So I'm probably gonna get off here. All right. But uh thanks again, like I said, and I hope all of your Instagram followers flock back to you. Well, that's not what happened to whiskey, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, dude. Maybe, maybe you got to make the switch to Twitter, man. We'll fucking promote your ass there too. <laughs> well, like, the right. thing—it's kind of bullshit because, like, I like I don't even know when whiskey's banned. I'll just know, and I'm like, man, I haven't seen whiskey posts in a while, and I'll be like, oh fuck, he's banned. <laughs> <laughs> he got banned like six times. I know he gets banned all the fucking time. Yeah, but it's always pretty easy to find his new account. <laughs> 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 but all right man well you have a good night uh thanks again for coming on all right thanks for having me later man have a good one dude